Thanks for joining us here at Temple Baptist Church in Centralia, Illinois, where we are a community of people who are not perfect and don't pretend to be. If you would like to see other resources or learn more about our ministry, check out www.tbccentralia.com. Our hope and prayer is that through the following message, you are encouraged, blessed, and inspired to meet the Lord in a powerful way. Well, I'm Pastor Ronnie, and I am excited to welcome you to Temple Online as we introduce a new message series titled, The Storms of Life. You know, in the the storms of life, um, this week I want to talk about unexpected storms. You know, whether you can see the storm on the horizon and coming, or if it's something that just pops up, um, storms uh, happen, and today I want to talk about that, how that some storms that we have are unexpected. And here's what I know, that no matter whether it's unexpected or an expected storm, how we handle the storm is up to us. Whether we allow it to sidetrack us, maybe life is going good. Maybe your spiritual walk is better than it's ever been. Uh, The job has been wonderful, and then the storm of life hits, and you find yourself not spending time in the Bible, not going to your Father with a prayer request. Maybe you find that the storm of life causes you to sabotage everything. Again, life is good, and and you just stop. All those good things, whether it's a a big storm or a little storm, it becomes a big impact on you. Maybe even we allow the storm of life to allow us to question our faith, to wonder, is this real? Is God really up there? Does he care? Does he love me? So whether we focus on the hurt or the pain, or whether we choose to dwell on our loss, or maybe even we decide to get angry, or we uh, dwell on resentment over the situation or people in the storms that are involved. Whatever we do, I believe that our Heavenly Father wants us to draw close to Him during the storm. Matter of fact, in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 4, it says this, Before the foundation of the world, I had plans for you. If you go on a little bit more into that chapter, it even talks about how that we have an inheritance. We're sons and daughters of the king. But you're probably thinking, you know what? I really don't care if I'm a son and daughter of the king right now. I just want the storm to stop. And if you're in that situation where you're in the middle of a storm and you just want it to change, I've got good news for you today. That your heavenly father, God, the creator of this world, is a change agent. He specializes in changing circumstances. But I believe this, that God wants it to be crystal clear to you that he was responsible for the change. Carrie and I went through a time uh, where God made it evident, it was crystal clear, that when the storm had happened and all that happened in the storm, God was in control. Matter of fact, I just got to tell you, life was good. I mean, things were, my my military career, things were going great. Carrie was working at a uh, crisis pregnancy center. She was a director. Um, It had just stood up, and wonderful things were happening there. Lives were being impacted. In our personal life, we had just had a litter of puppies, our two German shepherds. I love German shepherds, if you know me. And we had 10 little puppies on the ground. Their eyes weren't even open yet. 
I mean, it was a wonderful time. Our kids were doing great in school. Uh, our, our house had, we'd just done a lot of uh, uh, modernize and updates to this. I mean, life was good. And then this storm named Katrina came into our lives. Well, we weren't the only ones that had a storm come in our lives. If uh, you open up your Bibles to the book of Mark in chapter 34, let me just read uh, some uh, verses here to you. I'm starting in verse 35. And it says, that day when the evening came. Now here when it's talking about evening, it's referring to about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, not 6 o'clock or 8 o'clock, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Jesus had been preaching um, from a boat to a multitude of people there on the shore. In fact, if you uh, read about it in either Mark or Luke, it'll tell you that the, the multitude got so great that he stepped into the boat and, and asked them to push out a little bit. And so that allowed him to speak and so that everybody could hear. And when he was done... It says, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Now, if you go back a couple of weeks, a few messages ago, I talked about how that we need to see needs. And when we see those needs, we need to make a difference. Well, Jesus saw a need and he wanted to make a difference. And he knew that that need was on the other side of the, the sea there. And so this is what he tells the disciples. In verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was they didn't change boats they stayed right in the boat that he i mean remember he just asked somebody hey can i use your boat for a little bit and so now they're still in the boat and it says there were also other boats with them verse 37 and a furious squall came up now if you break down the greek and and you look at that where it says came up what that means is it was unexpected these were fishermen they knew how to to go out on the water and they knew that you stayed away from the water when the storm was coming and so when they left and they started to go to the other side everything was normal but here now this furious squall came up many theologians will tell you that they believe that this storm was one of a demonic activity where um uh, satan and, and his uh, the devils were actually trying to harm jesus and his disciples and it goes on and says, and the waves broke over the boat. Now, I know because of shelter in place, you haven't had the opportunity to go to an amusement park. But I love going to amusement parks, and I like the ones that have the, the ride where you can stand up on this bridge, and um, this giant uh, watercraft comes down. There's 30 to 50 people in it, and it hits the water and throws this tidal wave on everybody that's on the bridge. What's really fun is to watch somebody who doesn't know anything about this. They're walking across the bridge, and that boat hits, and the, the tidal wave just drenches everybody. Well, here are these, the disciples, Jesus, fishermen. They're in the boat, and it's saying that the waves are breaking over the boat. They weren't having fun. They didn't think this was an amusement park. They were not having a good time. And it goes on to say, so that it was nearly swamped. There's water in the boat. And you know, there's never a good time to be in a boat when water's going into the boat. And in verse 38, Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Now, I, I can relate to Jesus here because if uh, I'm with the family and we decide that we're going to sit down and watch a movie, um, if I grab a pillow to make myself comfortable for the movie, I can just tell you this. I'm not going to make it very far into the movie. I'm going to sleep. And Jesus, when he got into the boat, he went into the stern, and he went to sleep on a cushion. He knew that, you know what, I'm tired. I'm going to sleep. And all of a sudden, this furious squall comes up. The, the fishermen, the disciples, they're getting frantic. They're scared. And it says that the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, 
don't you care if we drown? Verse 39, it says he got up, rebuked the wind. And and so this is where we believe that these were demonic spirits that were, were creating the wind and said to the waves, peace, be still. And then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Boy, wouldn't it be nice if whatever storm you're going through right now, that it was completely calm. Verse 40, and he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? In the last verse of that chapter, and they were terrified and asked each other. Now think about that. Before, when the waves were hitting, they were afraid. But after Jesus calms the storm, they were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? That even the wind and the waves obey him. Well, today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about who is this. I want to talk about who is this in your storm. The same who is this that the disciples were referring to in Mark chapter 4 is the same person, the same God that is there with you in your storm. So as I talk about the storms of life, the first thing that I want to point out to you is this. Storms are inevitable. Now, I, be, I believe that you're either in a storm right now. Matter of fact, if you're in a storm, drop it in the comments. I'm in one right now. Or it, you may be lucky, and you just got out of a storm, and life is it's completely calm, and life is good. Uh, maybe you say, hey, um, c- completely calm. Put that down in the comments. Or I can tell you this. If, if you're not in the storm, if you're not out of the storm and it's completely calm, I can promise you that you're about to go into a storm. You're in one of those three positions. Storms are inevitable. Well, I think about the state of Florida, and the year was 2004, and there were four major storms that hit the state of Florida within a six-week period of time. You talk about a storm being inevitable. Not just was it inevitable through the season. It was inevitable um, within just a month and a half. And so they had these four storms, hurricanes, and just devastated the, the state of Florida. Matter of fact, the state of Florida is often called the Sunshine State. Well, um, it was joked about in many articles that that year in 2004, it was referred to as the plywood state because all of the windows, they just ply, they put plywood on them and they didn't take it down because no sooner did one storm stop than the next one was lining up to come hit them. Well, it was true for Carrie and I. On Monday, August 29, 2005, the storm came ashore there in Biloxi, Mississippi. That storm's name was Hurricane Katrina. And here's what I want to tell you is when you know um, that the storm, unexpected or not, is coming, you start to get ready for it. And one of the ways that you would get ready for a hurricane is that you would board up your windows or you'd cover them somehow because, I mean, that was one of the things that was going to get destroyed by the wind or the things flying in the wind. And so we did that. We'd actually had just helped uh, um, another uh, family, uh, friends, and we'd helped board up their windows. And I had made this command decision that I was going to ride the storm out. You know, we were just going to, it was going to be okay. We'd already been through like six storms in the last uh, probably year and a half. And none of them just really ever hit us a direct hit. And, and I just, I was feeling confident that there was no need. I didn't want to take those 10 puppies and move. And, but there was a rule of thumb that I followed, and that was this. Because whenever I watched hurricane coverage, uh, whenever Jim Cantori was on the Weather Channel, that's where the eye of the hurricane always came ashore. 
And then on Sunday afternoon, um, it was reported, and Jim Cantori was reporting from about 10 miles from our house. Well, I decided right then that it's time to put the, the, the boards up on our windows and uh, get out of Dodge. And we did that. In a matter of uh, six hours, we had everything packed up. Uh, it, we, we looked uh, pretty uh, crazy, had a trailer full, had, had a, a, a mom and dad dog, ten puppies, two boys, uh, Carrie and I. Um, and now we're, um, uh, the, the interstates have been backed up. Um, and luckily, we waited so long that they had already cleared and we had smooth sailing going to God's country in Tennessee. And I would tell you, when these inevitable storms happen, you need to get ready. Well, um, when it comes to inevitable storms, I want you to think about this. Are you going to focus on the size of the storm, or are you going to focus on the one who can calm it? You decide. Size of the storm, the one who can calm it. You go back just two days earlier, I found myself in Mobile, Alabama with 20 men from our church. We were at a Promise Keepers uh, meeting, and um, this was on Saturday afternoon, and about halfway through the day, they, they stopped the conference, and they said, look, if, if you live anywhere west of Mobile, you need to go home because the, the um, hurricane, uh, talk about unexpected, um, it was supposed to hit Texas, and then all of a sudden, it had changed its course, and it looked like the, the Mississippi Gulf Coast was going to take a direct hit. And I remember that the 20 of us, we, we left the, the meeting, and we gathered around our cars, and, and we prayed. And I remember praying this prayer, and, and this was a, a common prayer through all the men that was there. And we asked God to demonstrate his power. We said, God, show how mighty you are and how strong you are. And our prayer was this, to take that that storm and just move it further to the west. You know, Texas is a big state. It can handle this hurricane. And and literally, that was our prayer, is that God would demonstrate his power and move it over to Texas. We decided that we were going to focus on the one who can calm it. And And we did just that. Well, when it comes to storms, there's something else you need to understand. And that is this, that you're never alone. In the storms of life, you're never alone. Now, it's easy to think about the disciples and and them not being alone. Jesus was in the boat with them. It's easy to think about that and and realize that, you know what, Um, uh, Jesus is right there. All we've got to do is go wake him up and things are going to get better. I don't know that that, that's the way they were thinking, but, you know, it's... Maybe today in 2020, you're looking back and it's so much easier for the disciples than it is for you in your storm right now. Even though the water isn't coming into your boat, the wave's not crashing over top of that. Maybe it feels like that. Matter of fact, I would just like to ask you this. How are you doing physically? How are you doing mentally? How are you doing spiritually? I hope you know that you're not alone. You have a church that's ready. If you let us know about any physical needs, we have so far been able to take care of all of those. If there is something going on mentally, um, either Pastor Gary or I, we can sit down and, and work through that with you. Do you have spiritual um, challenges going right now? You're questioning your faith? Uh, I want you to know that your church is here ready to stand with you, ready to not just stand with you, but to get on our knees with you so that you know that not just your Heavenly Father but your church is here. You're never alone. Well, the reality is this. When it comes to the storms of life, that there are emotional highs and emotional lows. 
When you're going through the storm and you have this emotional high, you're thinking, I got this. I'm, you know, you're hanging on to whatever you can in the boat and the waves. It doesn't matter. You're feeling good. You're feeling confident. And then all of a sudden, a wave crashes over and just starts filling the boat up with water. And now you experience one of those spiritual lows. And even though you convince yourself that you're never alone, you start to think that maybe I am alone. For Carrie and I, it looked like this. The spiritual high. We um, were up in, uh, we, we sheltered up in Tennessee, and the storm had come. We knew that there was a giant tree that had fallen onto our house, and there was a lot of damage to that. We knew that uh, the, 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 the entire Gulf Coast was just devastated. That people were running short on gas. They were running short on food. They were, I mean, it was amazing what the stories that we were hearing. And so we had borrowed a trailer from one of our relatives and we had packed up churches and friends had given us all kinds of things to take down there and help out. Uh, we were ready. You talk about a spiritual high. We were ready to go and rescue our friends. And then a wave hit. Crashed in. We're literally 15 minutes from pulling out with this trailer full of of help for our friends. I get a phone call. And Carrie's mom tells me that her dad was just killed in a fire last night. And I remember putting my arms around Carrie's shoulder and, and telling her that in her ear. She turned around devastated and just held on to her. I remember her sobbing. Remember me sobbing. And I was glad that I was able to be right there with her in that moment. But I wonder how many, how many of you are going through storms and you got hit with a wave like that. And you don't have somebody that's hanging on. And you don't see Jesus in the boat asleep, that you can go wake up. But I'm here to tell you that the, Jesus said, behold, I'm with you always. And in that moment, Jesus was there. It wasn't a two-person hug, it was a three-person hug. Jesus was there with us, and, and whatever the storm of life is throwing at you right now, I promise you that the word of God is true. He's there. He hasn't left you. He won't leave you. His word is true. Third point I want you to remember about the storms of life is this, that in the storms of life, your faith is going to be tested. The disciples' faith was tested. Matter of fact, Jesus asked them after he calmed the storm, he says, Do you still have no faith? They had seen what Jesus had been doing. They'd seen him heal people. They'd seen him um, speak the word of God, of, of life into people. They heard him say, we're going to the other side. There's something that needs to happen. And yet when the storm started, they were afraid for their lives. And when they woke Jesus up, the way they said it was, don't you care about us? We're about to die. They, they weren't worried about Jesus dying with them. They were worried about themselves dying. And I just want you to know that if you ever ask yourself, why are these storms happening to me? It's because your faith is being tested.
And you probably found yourself, maybe you found yourself questioning God in the storms. And I just want to give you this, speak a word of confidence to you. That God tells us in his word that he'll never test you above that you're able to handle. So when our faith is being tested, what do we focus on? Well, are we going to break down or are we going to have a breakthrough? I just want to be honest with you. That when the storm of Katrina came into my life, there was a point where I had a breakdown. I didn't break down when there was $40,000 damage to my house. I didn't break down when um, my wife's father was killed tragically in a house fire. I didn't break down when all of these things were happening. You know when I broke down? I broke down over a bunch of puppies. Because in the time from when uh, we found out about Carrie's dad, and there was about a seven-day period, and we had taken the, the puppies to the vet, and the vet had given them a shot, and because of their, their immune system was just uh, because of all the movement and everything that was happening and how young they were, they ended up, they were given a parvo shot that was supposed to protect them from parvo, and they ended contracting parvo. I don't know if you've ever had a pet that's experienced this, but basically we nursed these puppies to death. They, their bodies couldn't retain any of the food that we were giving them. And literally, we're feeding them with bottles. And then every day, I walk out to the back of the yard and dig another hole. Put another puppy in there. Did that nine times. All this stuff going on, and this is what brings me to my knees. was I continue to go through the storm because the storm doesn't stop. We eventually get down to Biloxi. And it was while we were down in Biloxi that I experienced a breakthrough. I remember we'd taken this trailer down and we were using it to, we gave all of the the things that had been donated to people who, who were in desperate need for it. And then our church became a rallying point where from all over the country, people were, were bringing things to our church, and we were, we were a distribution point. And so every day I would show up with that trailer. We'd load it up. I had a bunch of my uh, military buddies. We'd, we piled into our, my Suburban, and then we would drive to different areas that, that where the people weren't being reached, and we were just giving them water. We were giving them Gatorade. We were giving them food. We were giving them whatever was available. We were just lavishly giving that out to them. And one day, I remember driving down Pass Road, and I was on my way to, uh, uh, to the church, and the trailer had some stuff on it, and I stopped at this red light, and uh, the window's down because it was hot, and uh, this guy says, hey, uh, can I get some of that? And I said, I mean, it was only like two blocks from the church, and I said, you bet. And, you know, I said, but what you need to do is go down to the church, and they will give you as much as you can handle. And he said, you mean Bay Vista. Now, I don't know if you realize this, but in this part of Mississippi, there's a church about every 100 feet. And on Pass Road, there's a lot of churches. And when he said, you mean Bay Vista, and it could have been any, there was probably six churches within sight of where we were. I immediately went back to Mobile in that parking lot with those 20 men where we had prayed and asked God to demonstrate his power. Through our church. 
and, and we were seeing it that we wanted us through our power of prayer to take that storm and watch it move. And that's where we were going to experience the glory of God. But instead, God allowed that storm to do a direct hit. And God allowed our church to be ground zero for thousands of people. Thousands of volunteers from churches all over the United States came in, volunteered their time. Businesses and people volunteer or, or donated millions of dollars of goods. And our church was able to be a blessing to our community. And I remember uh, after the storm, and, uh, and I think it was about a year later, that they had put on a, all the churches had come together and put on a musical. And, and there was one song in there, and it was Through the Fire. Oh, I had a good breakdown. I've been going through the fire. And there were times during this storm that I doubted God, questioned God. Why didn't you, answer, why didn't you move the storm? And then there were times where I saw, you know, the whole time he was right there with us and allowed us to see him work. Where are you at? Are you near a breakdown? Are you allowing the storm that you're going through right now to to give you a setback? Or have you allowed it to sabotage all the efforts that God has been working on in your life? Maybe you find yourself in this, this season of COVID-19. You know, anyone out there told themselves, you know what, if I just had extra time, I'd, I'd get busy in the gym. And now you have more time that you know what to do with and you haven't spent any time in the gym. Maybe you have uh, told yourself, if I had more time, I would invest in myself. I would read more books. I would uh, get involved in podcasts. It's interesting. We were just talking to a young lady uh, a couple days ago, and she was sharing with us the excitement. She had just started getting into podcasts. She had just started reading more books. She was investing in herself. She was building up her, her mental capacity. And maybe you said you were going to do that, and yet you haven't. Maybe you're at a point spiritually where, you know, Uh, During this time when you've had more time than you've ever known what to do with in recent history, you find out that you spend less time in the Bible, less time praying, less time thinking on spiritual things. Are you having a breakdown or are you ready to experience a breakthrough? Are you through faith saying, I will get to the other side of this storm? In faith, knowing that God has a reason for you to go through this, that he hasn't left you alone. He just needs you to hang on and trust in him. Here, let me tell you this. The last thing about storms is this. The storm will end. COVID-19 is going to end. All the things that you see that are happening, those are going to come to a stop. Uh, It may not be as fast as you want or I want, but I can promise you this. It will pass. Maybe it's your job situation. Many of you, because of what's going on, you've lost your job. I've just seen uh, more people uh, post this on Facebook about how that they've just recently been told that, that their job is no more. You know, stimulus check, great, I love it, but you know what, I would have taken that job. Maybe your storm is a relationship, and COVID-19 and the shelter in place hasn't helped it any. Maybe it's forced you to be too close and and you don't want to be close. Or maybe it's not allowed you to be close to somebody and and you're struggling in that relationship. Maybe you find yourself in a health crisis right now. 
you know, you realize that, that there's more than just COVID-19 happening. People are still having heart attacks. People are still having strokes. People are still dying. And families are struggling with um, uh, doing a funeral when no one's able to come. Family's not able to travel from out of state. It's hard. But I want you to know that the storm will end. And not only will the storm end, but you will get to the other side. Even if you quit, even if you get sidetracked, you will get to the other side. And here's what I would want you to focus on. Yes, the storm will end. The question that you need to ask is, do you have the mindset of one day it will end or this is day one? In one day, we're thinking that it's going to end tomorrow or it's going to end next week, next month, next year. I don't know. You know, um, matter of fact, I've heard it said this in the sweet by and by. Sooner or later, it's got to stop raining. It's, all of this stuff is going to stop. It has to. And you're just going to wait until that happens. Or by faith, can you say, you know what? This storm ends now. Right now. I'm going to experience the complete calm that God promises. I'm going to experience the peace that passes understanding. How do we do that? Well, let me take you to a a Bible passage, and and it's in 2 Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 7, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7, and it says this. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. To show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. My friends, if you want clarity, it's right here in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7. The clarity is this. The power belongs to God and not to you. I know you want the storm to stop. You want the waves to keep crashing into the boat. You want the job situation to be fixed. You want money in the bank. There's a lot of things that you want, you deserve, you need. But the moment of clarity needs to be this, that the power belongs to God and not to you, not to me. And now here, believe it or not, this is encouraging. In verse 8 it says, we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed, but not driven to despair. Verse 9, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Verse 11, for we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. And finally, in verse 12, it says, So death is at work in us, but life in you. How can we go through the affliction? How can we go through being perplexed? Do you feel this way? Do you feel like life is just beating you up? Drop that into the comments. Do you feel perplexed? Like, I don't know. I mean, I hear that, you know, it's not a big deal. It's a big deal that you should uh, go out, that you shouldn't go out. I mean, we're getting all kinds of mixed messages. In your storm, maybe it has nothing to do with COVID-19, but you're still feeling, you're getting mixed messages. You don't, God, are you speaking to me or are you not speaking to me? God, what are you saying? Are you telling me to be still and listen or are you telling me to move through the storm? Maybe you're feeling persecuted right now. 
Folks, it's very real. There are people across our country that have been either fined or arrested for worshiping. Maybe you feel struck down. You feel like you got up and you got punched and it dropped you. That life hits you with something that you can't handle. I want to read that verse to you again. You're afflicted. Isn't that right? But not crushed. You're perplexed, but you're not in despair. While you're persecuted, you have not been forsaken. You are not alone. You've been struck down, but you have not been destroyed. Wherever you're at in your storm, grab on to verses 8 and verse 9 in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and realize that there's somebody who is bigger than the storm that he's allowed this storm into your life to test you, to test your faith specifically, and that he has not, will not leave you alone through this. And you've got to believe by faith that it will end, that you will get to the other side. And I just want to point at verse 12 here to you. It says that, so death is at work in us. This is Paul now speaking. Death is at work in, in, in my life. And literally, you know, when he says this, he wasn't using imagery. He was talking about how he was going to be killed because of his testimony. I don't know anybody right now that's experiencing that. I know around the world there are. But personally, I don't know anyone that is experiencing um, the threat of death because of their testimony of, of being a Christ follower. But here's what's interesting. He says, death is at work in us, but life. In you. What does that mean? Here's what it means. You are going through the storm that you're going through. You are experiencing what you probably feel like is death, that you are being killed, that this is this storm has eaten your lunch. You you recognize, yes, I feel afflicted. Yes, I feel perplexed. Yes, I feel persecuted. You bet I feel struck down. Why are you allowing this happen, God? And if God could speak plainly to you in verse 12, it's so that you are speaking life into other people. Somebody needs to see your testimony. They need to see that not only do you go through the storm, but you go through the storm and you maintain your faith so that they, when they go through their storm, because they're experiencing something very similar, but they haven't told you about that. They haven't talked about this publicly, but they're watching you. And they're wondering, are you somebody who practices what you preach? You tell them that you need to trust in God. You need to believe in God. Are you doing that? And, and it's so clear here in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 12. that And what is more powerful than somebody who's gone through the storm? You know, I can talk about going through a hurricane, a direct hit. I can talk about having $40,000 damage to the house. I can talk about my wife losing her father days after this has happened. I can talk about hitting rock bottom over a litter of puppies. I can talk about going through a crisis of faith and then seeing God through those ashes raise up our church and allow it to be a blessing. And I'm here to tell you that Hurricane Katrina isn't the only storm I've been through. And I'm here to tell you that every storm that I've gone through has one day ended. 
And when I look back, I can see where my faith was tested. Some storms I went through and I, I, I came out on the other side with a stronger faith. Some storms I was impacted. I broke down. I gave up. I walked away from God for a season. Where are you at? Where are you at in your storm? Storms of life are reality. Unexpected storms, they are going to happen. And the thing that I want you to focus on is Jesus. Where is Jesus in the storm? Do you feel like he's asleep and you need to wake him up and say, Jesus, do you not care about me? Maybe you're going through a storm and you're listening to this and you don't know who he is. You've never been introduced to Jesus. I would encourage you, go to this web address, tbccentralia.com slash next. And I would encourage you to read through that and, and it will talk to you about the most important decision you could ever make is the one where you decide to believe in Jesus Christ. If I boil it down to just two verses, I would take you to Romans chapter 10 and read verses 9 to 10 to you. And it says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. You don't have to go through your storm alone. If you are a Christ follower, Jesus is there with you. If you have never met him, I encourage you. It's as simple as that. Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God? Do you believe that he died on the cross for your sins? And do you believe that God raised him back from the dead? If you can say yes to that, that is what it takes to be a Christ follower. That is what it takes to bear the name of Christ, to be a Christian. I want to close in prayer. And then I want to take us over to uh, another uh, season of worship. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, God, the storms of life are real. Lord, you showed us in Mark chapter 4 how that you went through a storm with the disciples. And God, those disciples who saw you perform miracles, their faith was still shaken. And God, you understand that the storms that we're going through right now, the fear that we're experiencing because of what's happening in our country, the doubt that we have with, without the job that we had last week. Lord, whatever the storm looks like, whatever the circumstance, God, you've promised that you will never leave us nor forsake us. You'll be there with us all the way to the end. And God, I just ask that your Holy Spirit would reach everybody within the sound of my voice. Those who are Christ followers, God, that you would in, inspire their faith, renew it, to allow them to go through this storm, get to the other side, Lord, so that somebody can experience life. And for those that are, are listening and, and are seeking and, and looking for the person who can calm the storm, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would reveal yourself to them. In Jesus' name, amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in all that God is doing in and through your life. And we would love to continue with you on that journey. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, simply go to www.tbccentralia.com forward slash next. 
You see, here at TBCC, it's our mission to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ who walk by faith and not by sight. 